you know, after last week, I think it's it's high time we talked about something that we really enjoy. I agree with you. Last week was a downer, so this week we need a not downer. A not downer. A not downer. That's the scientific this, term. This is the absolute opposite of a downer for me. Well, actually, in certain instances it is, but for the most part, it's a very positive experience. True, 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 true. What did we do before last week? Was that like a, ba- a down, a bowner, a downer, or was that good? A, a bowner. It's bad when uh, I don't well, even remember what episode we did two weeks ago. <laughs> was, was, I mean, was two weeks ago Code Realize? Um, Hang on, let me go to my website, seasonalamycheckup.com. Slash no, it's Final Fantasy IX. Season check of OVA. Okay, okay yeah, that's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. That was a good one. That's so not a downer. So at least, like, you're going to be... The bad one is sandwiched between good stuff. We usually don't have a lot of bad ones. We, we don't. We don't. I mean, this is kind of like having, like, delicious garlic bread on either side, and in the middle of it, you just have, like, some nasty shit, like spam. I like how you're... The first bread that you go to is garlic bread, which is the most you response you could have picked. <laughs> oh, I love garlic bread it's, so much. You showed me your fridge yesterday. <laughs> and in it, there was like snack packs of like cheese and stuff like you know, just snack stuff. And then next to it is two like glass jars of just garlic. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even the only garlic I have. No. <laughs> I also have dried and powdered. Al loves garlic. I love garlic. Huh. Anyways, hello, welcome. Hi. This is our this podcast is about. Oh, it's not, it's not our podcast about talking about garlic and eating it. <laughs> I and wish. Warding off the vampires. God, that would be the happiest podcast in the world. <laughs> Just me talking about garlic and all the things you can do with garlic. <laughs> anyway, continue. Uh, this is the Season Lame Checkup OVA, episode number 44, double fours, four, two fours. <laughs> that is what that means, yeah. yes. Uh, this podcast is where we have conversations about anime, video games, and manga. I'm Jared, joined by the garlic-loving sensation herself, and Ladium. Hello. <laughs> and today... We are going to discuss an anime that recently was released for the first time in North America, despite being out for, what, five years? Mm-hmm. Just now getting licensed and brought over. We're going to be talking about uh, one of the best shows that Kyoto Animation has done, at least in my humble opinion. We're going to be talking about Hyoka. 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 <laughs> talking about the anime, talking. We'll also talk about the 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 novels themselves as well because we we read. You read all of them. I read just the the two that didn't pertain to the anime. Mm-hmm. So we'll dive into those in a little bit. And, and I guess before then, before we talk about those, we'll we'll give a little bit of a brief spoiler just in case like someone's out there and they don't want to know what's in those novels for some reason or not. They just haven't read them yet. Better to be safe than sorry. Yeah. But yeah, this uh this got licensed by Funimation like I think earlier this year, and I literally freaked out because I was like, "Holy shit!" I never expected Hyoka to get like brought over and and also dubbed into English. Like the thought of that was crazy because it it'd been so long. 
because like we said this this show came out in 2012 when it originally aired in japan and usually if like if a show isn't you know licensed within you know a couple years usually it's more than likely it's a lost cause and it's not gonna get licensed unless like something just a miracle happens or it's like enough fan reaction to it or it's like oh it's the anniversary of blah 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 so we're gonna license it and bring it over and all that jazz this just got just got licensed and brought over and yeah that's cool it's real weird but it's super rad i didn't watch the original so you told me recently you're like hey you should watch this and i was like yeah okay whatever i'll, I'll give it a shot <laughs> and then like because i can't do anything half-assed ever uh i watched one episode and i'm like well now i'm hooked <laughs> i gotta watch the whole thing in like two days well and the first half in to... two days right the first half and two well in the first like two episodes of the second half right um you're like, oh, you're way ahead of me on this dub now. And I'm like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I didn't sleep. I just, I don't know. When I get really attached to things, I just don't ever quit. Right. So I really, really, really liked it a lot. And um, as we mentioned, I watched the English dub, which is phenomenal. Yeah, I was very surprised by it. Because you look at the cast list and it's a lot of people, there's there's some names in there, but like for the main cast at least, like a lot of them, like they don't even have, they don't have Wikipedia pages and they're just not recognizable names that you would probably know perhaps in, you know, the English dub scene. So, you know, looking at that, I was like, is that worrisome? Is that like a bad sign? Considering this, this show's old and they're just now bringing it out. But then like you watch a couple episodes and it's like, the performances are very good. the The mm-hmm. voices are very good for those characters, and it, it's surprising how well the dub actually is. Like that's not saying anything bad about like dubs or anything. It's just I was genuinely shocked at how good this dub was. I remember texting you like within the first couple episodes. I'm like, I don't know who voices Hotaro, but he's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like he is a really, really good voice actor. So exciting. Um, but he he hasn't really done much, has he? Not that I can, like, he's done a few shows here and there. I think he, like, he's been doing this since 2013. Okay. But it's not, like, a long list of roles. It's a kind of scattered here and there, but nothing that I've really seen that this guy's been more. in, so. He should get a lot more roles because he's really, really good. And just, like, every, like, of the four main cast members, like, I think they all do a really good job and, like, really emphasize those characters and, like, their traits and everything in a way that, you know, I just, I certainly wasn't expecting. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, We'll probably talk a little bit more about, like, what, what everything is in a minute, but um, I want to say, like, Fukabe's voice actor, he's just spot on because... Sometimes when you have, like, the cheerful best friend role, they can get a little grating every once in a while. Right. Um, I, I, I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> I'm trying really hard to be nice. But um, I'm blanking on the name. Um, Yosuke. As in Persona 4 Yosuke. Yes. Who did his voice? I'm blanking. In English? Is it Lowenthal? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Yuri Lilienthal. Okay, so I was very confused what you were blanking on, so that's why I was like, I wasn't saying anything. Sorry, that's fine. Um, he's a really good voice actor. We know that Yuri Lilienthal is a really good voice actor, but every once in a while, it's Yosuke. You're like, you should maybe not. Like the the character of Yosuke is problematic at times. That's true. That's true. Um, Fugabe does not have that problem of being like the grating best friend character. Like he he's legitimately. For one, pretty well-rounded, but two, like, the voice actor does a good job of not overplaying it. Right. So, I'm pretty impressed by by the dub as a whole. Um, and you had mentioned to me before we uh, started recording that our our old pal Kira Giri is in here. Mm-hmm. She plays so awesome. uh, Hotoro's sister that is always, like, her face is masked in some <laughs> reason or way whatsoever. It's real goofy, but yeah, she's also in this. Um, I guess we should say like these are we talked about this, you know, at the beginning. Like these are novels, and they date mm-hmm. back to two thousand and one, so they've been around. And it's kind of surprising, you know, like it took eleven years for like them to, right, yeah, eleven years for them to basically be like, okay, let's let's do something with this. Let's license these. Let's adapt them into an anime, and then released it into the world and i think I, I read something where like the author said that like the anime really helped like repopularize like the novel series and like helped him like be like okay you know i can continue doing the series essentially oh that's great because without that like the it probably you know it could have stopped at any time well uh, there's six there's six volumes out right now the first four make up the anime series there's like i think one story There's from one volume stray six story. that's in yeah. the anime as well, but volume five is its own unique thing by itself, and then mm-hmm. there's a multitude of uh, short stories in volume six that are their own thing as well. But they weren't obviously, you know, the the sixth volume came out in 2016, so <laughs> that was not going to get adopted into the the anime whatsoever. But wait, the sixth volume came out in 2016. How'd the helicopter story get there? Well, the 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 short sto- they've the short stories have been like published in other things before. Oh, okay, okay. So that's why. I was like, "What? Time travel?" So I feel like there there's potentially enough material now that if they wanted to come back to the series, they could. But one of the criticisms of Kyoto Animation, particularly, is that like. Sometimes they just don't finish series. Finish series. Like one example is they did two seasons of K-On, and they pretty much adapted a good majority of the manga. But there are two volumes of the manga that are out there that they never adapted afterwards. One is like of the characters as they went to college, and then the other is like of one of the other characters that's still in high school and making up her own version of the Light Music Club. But they've never even went back and touched those. And basically, they they have this weird thing where, like, they very much focus on, like, series that they're doing right now. And also just kind of forget about, like, series they've done in the past. So, like, if mm. you ever look at anything like, oh, Kyoto Animation is doing, like, a festival of shows they do. It'll, it'll most likely be right now. It would be, you'd see characters from the free series, the swimming anime, from Sound Euphonium, probably from Dragon Maid, and... 
maybe like something else that they're doing new right now but like you wouldn't probably see anything from their past and it's it's one reason as well like they've never brought up Hyoka I don't think since then bummer Which, yeah it's a bummer like you if you read through like volume six or volume five and volume six you can definitely picture out in your mind of like oh here's how they could probably do this as an as like a, a movie or a short season mm-hmm. but most likely that's probably never going to come to pass because even though like they they're bringing it out over here in north america like japan's not going to give a shit about that they're not going to look yeah. at sales of like Hyoka and in North America and be like, "Oh, the, you know, the popularity, it's it's over there." Like we could they don't give a shit. So, the lesson here is if I ever miraculously become super duper rich, then I'll just give them money and be like, "Hey, <laughs> you want to do the rest of the series for me?" And they'll be like, "Yeah, we'll take your money." You surprisingly rich person how are you rich you're a historian <laughs> um yeah that's what that'll happen well i think one of the things that you know hinders that to an extent is that kyoto animation isn't a an animation studio that does a lot of projects at the same time and mm. i think that's why they're able to keep their their level of quality up as, as high as it is because they 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 are a studio notorious for having very good looking shows and if like if you look through their their TV series like history, they did one show in two thousand three. They did three shows in two thousand five, two shows in oh six, two shows in oh seven, one in oh eight, three in oh nine, one in twenty ten, one in twenty eleven, two in twenty twelve, three in twenty thirteen, three in twenty fourteen, one in twenty fifteen, two in twenty sixteen one this year and then they're doing another one next year of course they've done like films here and there as well but even then it's not like they're they're cramming in so much stuff and a lot of like their film material is like here's basically a condensed version of the television series like i think the amount of like actual films they've done that isn't like a tv compilation is like one two three four I yeah count that five, six, seven, eight, and then maybe nine and ten. So like ten out of two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen, seventeen. So like a little bit over half is like actual new material and not just compilations. So like their their workload compared to a good majority of other studios is significantly, you know, lighter, but that also gives them more time to to make their shows look great and give them that animation quality that a lot of other shows aren't necessarily going to have. But at the same time, that means you're only focusing on a few shows at a time, and if those shows are become, you know, hugely popular, you're going to stick with those series compared to, you know, maybe going back in the well to something that you did a few years prior. Yeah, but did you say they did Dragon Maid? Yeah. Ugh. There's there are there are some questionable uh, things in their in their library. Let's say, do you remember Ugh. the uh, the video clip going around that was I think from last year of the show where it was this uh, big breasted young lady doing like limbo and like she had to swing her boobs 
to get yes. under that. That's from Kyoto Animation. <sighs> Which is weird because like this show is super duper respectful. Mm-hmm. But then again, the books, the source material is super duper Right, you can't necessarily like blame it on the animation studio if, if the source material they're working off of is kind of, you know, not as respectful as, say, other things are. Still gross. It's, yeah, it's still gross. But, like, I would say it's a very, like, minority thing. Not minority thing, but small minute thing that they they do shows like that like i think on my i could probably count on just one hand alone of of shows that are are like that that they've done most of the time it's like you it's it's very good stuff like there's a lot of stuff in their catalog that i'm like i personally enjoy okay so i just can't i can't consider dragon maid like a pretty show (laughs) i mean i never watched it so um i i've seen clips i haven't seen the whole thing but it's definitely not on the same level as this yeah. Um, which you've already mentioned it, but like, holy crap, this show is pretty. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's especially because it's a show from 2012, and it still looks great today. Yeah. Which I think is like it's another thing to just point out how well they do animations. Like, you can look at a show five years ago, and it still holds up today. Like, you're doing great work then, <laughs> if that's the case. Like some of the stuff they did for like the the first two seasons of sound euphonium are just astonishing of how well they look like there are there are scenes in in that show that are just amazing and it's like you can tell like oh they really focused hard on like this scene in particular because they like it looks crazy compared to everything else but still like in in terms of like quality it's it's the same all around so they're very good at what they do i think that's the the short end of it yeah i mean the only thing that i can really think of on this series that was somewhat questionable was the first ending credits yeah yeah other than that like there's a few times like there was a ova part where there's bikini but like that that wasn't really done in a way that was gross it was done in a way that was like he's a teenage boy (laughs) It wasn't necessarily, like, super objectifying. Yeah. It was just like, here's our token beach episode, except at a pool. And, like, there was actually um, a Hot Springs episode that wasn't horrifically nasty. Imagine that. And it had some some real funny censorship. It did. It really, really did. (laughs) Oh, my God. I forgot about the censorship. How do you block out a butt? Well, just have this little kid walk by. Yep. (laughs) Here's a bucket. Here's bucket a bucket. can cover Here's the junk. It's good. It's really good. Very good. Um, we should probably give an overview of what the heck this show is. Yeah, probably. That'd probably be a good idea. So Hyoka, particularly, you know, it's the anime is kind of set up into like chunks of little mini arcs here and there, and a lot of it revolves around uh, the main character Hotaro going around and solving various mysteries that come to the uh the classic literature club's attention and i mean it's not like someone got murdered you must solve the mystery no they're like small mysteries around the school or in their everyday lives and that kind of thing that he's just really good at observing and figuring things out Mm -hmm. 
So like one of the early ones is is figuring out what happened to Tichanda's uncle and also the origins of of Hyoka, which is the classic literature club's anthology that they put out each yep. year. So like the first couple episodes are basically based around that and trying to figure out okay what happened, you know, 50 years ago that caused this to happen, that caused the students to uproar and blah 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 blah. And basically it's the the four main characters, Hotro, Chitanda, Satoshi, and Mayaka, you know, coming together trying to figure it out, but it's usually Hotro who's like comes and brings it all together and figures out everything by piecing it all together. Yep. That's the main and the short of it. It is. Uh, and I mean, one thing that happens is like the very first arc that you get is Chitanda meeting Hotaro and then realizing that he's good at this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, you end up getting... She she has catchphrases that are different in Japanese and English, but right. um, basically Chitanda has a big sense of curiosity yeah pretty much <laughs> it, and um, especially because like it's in direct contrast with how hotaro is as a person yes because hotaro has a motto yeah it's like if i don't have to i won't essentially like he he doesn't want to like give off extra energy if he has if he never has to mm-hmm. and if he does have to do it do it quickly yeah and chitanda is like this energetic like ball that wants to see everything and wants to know everything. And, like, it seems like this would be, like, a clash between these two characters, but in essence, like, it works together to, like, to to push both of them in different directions that they never probably would go. Well, and he, Hotaro, hints at that a few times that he's like, I just can't say no to her. She's not a person that you can say no to. Mm-hmm. And, um... There are a few more hints in the books that we'll we'll give spoilers on later, but um, they really work well together as like two characters in a dynamic. It, it doesn't come across as really forced, because often you get kind of like the the manic pixie dream girl situation where it's like there's this guy and he doesn't want to do anything, and then this girl comes in and completely changes his life, and that's not what happens here. Mm-hmm. Um, because Hotaro still very much sticks to his his creed yeah. throughout the series, um, and a lot of things he is like reluctantly pulled into. But but also you do see him change over the course of the entire series. You do. So he's not just like oh I have to do all this stuff. By the end of it, he's like he's still kind of reluctant and in getting involved in everything, but he's also more willing to do these types of things. Right. And then also there's uh, Satoshi, a.k.a. Fukube, which are both Fukube. of his names. Uh, he is a friend of of Hotaro's and Mayaka's, who we'll talk about here in a little bit. Uh, he mm-hmm. basically calls himself a database and that he's knowledgeable in a lot of things, but that's it. He's a jack-of-all-trades, yeah. master of none, which I think he says to that one point. <laughs> And he says, like, you can't solve everything with a database um, because he's he's the worst student out of the four of them. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he just knows stuff and he knows a lot of random stuff that like he'd be a really good person to have on a trivia team. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even though he loses trivia during the, the culture festival. 
He does, but he, he did really well up until the last question. That's true. And um, actually, if you read the book, which this isn't a spoiler because it happens in the anime too. Uh, if you read the book, then he actually knows the answer and just doesn't press the buzzer in time. That makes sense. Um, and then he's he's like, oh, well, dang. At least I got the name of the club out there. Like, I really tried my best. And I was like, oh, good job. <laughs> which they didn't mention the crazy costume that he was wearing there, but I don't know. <laughs> That was hilarious. That costume's very good. Um, but Fugabe, in certain instances, is, is kind of like comic relief best friend. But in other cases, he's very, very serious and kind of like, I don't know the right phrasing for this. He's unsure of himself. Yeah, he isn't. He ha- he's very knowledgeable, but also that doesn't necessarily correlate to him being confident in himself. And I think you see that particularly at the end of the culture festival arc mm-hmm. when he's trying to figure out the mystery of Jumanji and kind of running parallel to Hotro and as they're both trying to figure out, he's he's desperately trying to figure it out himself just to be like, to prove that, oh yeah, I can do this too. But he basically realizes very quickly that like he's outmatched in a lot of ways there and just he doesn't have the the skills necessary to to do the type of things that Hotro is able to do. Well, and also when, what kind of made him crazy on that is like Hotro did most of the work while sitting in the uh, club room. Yeah. Whereas he was like following the guy around thinking that like, this is where he's going to show up. So this is where I need to be. And catch so him in the act. Just, yeah. So like Hotro really didn't put a whole lot of effort into it, but still solved it before he did. Mm-hmm. So, um, but he, he does have a lot of uncertainties and he, he brings that up again, um, in the Valentine's day episode. Yeah. That's, that's a, definitely a big point of emphasis of that, you know, character trait as well. So I like it because he is kind of a foil to Hotoro in the sense that he's kind of like the upbeat best friend type thing, but he's also really, there's a lot more to him than like the shallow, like yeah, yeah, I'm the comic relief character. And even though, like, he, he has, like, that that tendency to be, like, oh, I'm the comic relief character, he's mm-hmm. very reliable as well, which sometimes isn't necessarily the case if, like, your best friend's, you know, the a big, quirky comic relief character. Like, you know, like, in a pinch, like, he's going to come through for you, or he's going to be able to help, help in some way that necessarily someone else in the group isn't going to be able to. Mm-hmm. And then we have Mayaka. Which I- I would say, which kind of brings us to Mayaka because they're very intrinsically related yeah. in in the story. So Mayaka is is the last to join the classic literature club because she basically has like two other things that she's doing at the same time. She does library duty and also is in the manga research club. And she's been in classes with Hotaro since elementary school, yeah. so she knows him. And basically, I think she says at one point, and I, I think it's in one of the later volumes, but she joins the, the classic literature club just because Fukube's there. Fukube, yep. That's the whole reason she joins. Because she has a crush on him. The most crush. But um, but also, and... like, when she's there, like, she, she becomes real good friends with Chitanda. Mm-hmm. And also, she's, like, she butts heads with Otoro at various points because... They know each other, but they don't necessarily like get along per se. Yeah, they're not they're not friends necessarily. Yeah. They they 
they're acquaintances from school, but she doesn't like his attitude. <laughs> she will express it very. She's very. She is the blunt one of the entire group. Like if if she's thinking something, she's going to tell you it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like when she throws oh, the she... mirror at Otro's face. I was trying so hard to figure it out when I was reading that. I'm like, <laughs> why does he have a heart in his eye? What happened? And then I realized that it was because she had a a thing, a, like a compact thing on her and she was cosplaying. She like ripped it off of her clothes and threw it at his face. Well, she was going to give it to and, him, right? And then he was like, oh, you need that for cosplay? And she's like, "Fump." Yeah, she doesn't like the word cosplay. Even though she's in the manga club and draws mm-hmm. manga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she doesn't like the word cosplay. So when he said that, she was like, nope. Thunk. So he uh, ended up having a red eye for the rest of that arc in the book. Which I guess if we're mentioning cosplay, we should mention that. They use cosplay in that show to like actual to to show actual different characters outside of this universe in various ways that are you don't necessarily expect. Like there's a group in the manga society that is dressed up as a bunch of Vocaloids and one of them is Hatsune Miku. And then also they got permission from SNK to get uh, a variety of characters in the show as well. For like the three is like one of them is one of the characters from Samurai Showdown. Mai from Fatal Fury, and then King from King of Fighters, and I think Art of Fighting as well. So, like, you see all those characters, which I I never noticed when I was watching this back in, like, 2013 when I first saw the show. But, like, watching it now, like, I saw I saw the King cosplay, and I was like, that's, that's King. <laughs> and then I looked it up, and it was like, and someone was like, oh, yeah, you know, there was a, there was a thing in the credits, like, special thanks to SNK Playboy, and I was like, Okay, they they just went up and like asked SNK like, "Hey, do you guys mind if we uh just put some of your characters like costumes in this show?" And they're just like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." And then also at one point later on the show as well, uh, Hotoro and Fukube are in an arcade and they're just playing straight up virtual on, <laughs> like the actual game, which apparently that led to a uh, crossover as well, where like the creator of virtual on made a mech suit that had like that had like a Hioka paint scheme. Oh my God. Which looked really cool. But yeah, it's like, it's weird little things like that in the show that you, I wouldn't have expected. Although the book has two of them different. Yeah. Um, they, they lean more Capcom in the book, which I, I mean, they don't necessarily come out and say like, Oh, this character is Chun-Li or the one from Doc Star, dark stalkers. Cause I think like, you know, yeah. Sienko. It would be a rights issue for that, and Japan's kind of real stingent about parody because there's no fair use law over there or anything. So, you know, that could get you into some hot water, per se. So, probably a good reason why, like, they're not super specific in the book, but... Yeah. You can There's kind enough of, description yeah. that you can put it together. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. um, I was asking you, it was like, the only person that I know of that's a video game character, fighting game character, because it's specified that is wearing like a purple like Chinese ghost outfit and I was like she's got to be Shanko like that's the only one I can think of mm-hmm. and then um later on it's like the first fighting detective um and then it's talking about like the the blue dress and everything I was like she's she's Chun-Li yeah. <laughs> I got that so um they use description 
in a way that you can put it together. But I thought it was interesting that it leans Capcom in the books, but it doesn't in the in the anime. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine the time period at least that in 2012 it would probably be a lot easier to go to SNK to get permission than it would have been to go to Capcom. Probably because especially I think SNK at that time wasn't the most in the video games at that point so yeah and capcom was like riding high on like you know street fighter 4 and all that sort of stuff so capcom was actually kind of healthy at that point compared to now so whoops whoops um and then mayaka actually cosplays as three different characters and i didn't know a single one of them they're like very like very old and very specific like mangas that it, mm. if you knew them you would be very, like, into the history of manga, probably, and all that sort of stuff, because, like, like one of them was from a, sh- uh, a series from the 60s. Uh, another one was from a series in, like, in the 70s, and I don't I don't think I looked up the other one, the third one at all. But, yeah, it's, like, these super specific references that, for probably 95% of the audience, is going to go way over their head. <laughs> but it also... Um is one very indicative of her character like it it fits her very very well and two um as we mentioned earlier she doesn't like cosplay she was very hesitant to cosplay in the first place because um everybody else in the club was doing it and she didn't want to and so she tried to go with as many obscure characters as she could so that nobody would recognize her right (laughs) which i would think would be counterintuitive because i think if you're cosplaying and people don't know who you are, they're going to ask you more who you are. Yeah. Though, though at the same time, you could... There's more of a possibility of you being able to pull off of, like, looking not like you're cosplaying. Yeah. So for, like, people outside the club, they may not have known, per se, that, oh, this girl's cosplaying as a character, probably. Because it's like, she's got some goofy outfit on. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Cultural Club arc was my favorite. Yeah, I I would... I would tend to agree because I feel it like it, really, really fun. it's the strongest arc out of all of them. And also it's just a lot of fun, I think, because you get to see like a bunch of different clubs throughout the school. You get to see all the characters kind of doing off, going off and doing their own thing and exploring like just different aspects of the cultural festival as well. And I have two new reaction pictures in my folder <laughs> from the cultural festival. <laughs> One is Chitanda showing off her muscles? You can't see her, them, but I'm doing the same thing. Apron. I was just doing it too. <laughs> um, and then the second one is Hotaro very, very low energy clapping. <laughs> just leaning out the window like. Hey. Leaning out the window. <laughs> so those are both from the cultural festival and very useful for me. But I think the other arcs as well are are pretty are pretty well done, like. The movie arc's pretty interesting. Of like, I like the movie arc. Especially because, like, you know, you're building up Hotro's, like, oh, he can solve anything, and then this comes along and kind of, like, knocks him down a peg or two. It does. So that's, that's I think that's pretty good to for that type of character, especially because you don't want them to be, like, to be able to know everything or be able to do everything, because that kind of just defeats the purpose, and it just becomes predictable after a while. Well, and it also, like, she purposefully like praise on Hotaro right. for that uh what else is there there's the the first arc we talked about where you know finding out about Shitana's uncle and 
and about Tioka as well. Ice cream. Ice cream. Which is fine. Like, I think it's a good, like, introductory, like, you know, arc and kind of show you, like, oh, well, some of these little stories are going to go several episodes and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. It, it, is, it does feel kind of weird, though, that, like, the latter half of the, or, like, the last part of the series after the the Culture Festival arc is just, like, a bunch of, like, singular episodes. Yeah, but that kind of goes with how the books are. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because it gets a little bit more... Because um, you have the the story in the in the shed for New Year's. You have the Valentine's episode, which both of those are really, really good. Yeah, like, they're really good. There's the story about the the helicopter and Hotoro's former teacher. This the the, uh, the one where it's like Hotoro and Chitanda in the the club room talking about the announcement that went on, that came on. That one's funny. Like well, and uh, we mentioned the uh, the Hot Springs episode, too. Yeah, that's another singular one. But yeah, it's... it's it, I mean, like, it's it's fine. Like, I don't think... I don't, you know, put anything against it. But, like, coming off of this long, you know, six, seven episode arc, it's just like, oh, here's six singular episodes now in a row for you. Yeah. And it feels kind of strange. Because you would imagine with how many episodes are left after the, uh, the Culture Festival arc... That they would probably, that you'd be able to squeeze like a little mini arc in there. Mm-hmm. But it's just, you know, singular episodes. And they all work. So it's not like it's a terrible thing. It's just, it's a little jarring in a way, but it also works as well. And again, that's how the novels are written. So right. it makes sense. Because um, there's only like two really really big arcs that i can think of in the other two volumes right. i mean one of them is its own dang arc like right. <laughs> the entirety of volume five is its own arc um and I imagine like the culture festival book as well arc. is kind of its own thing it is yeah but everything else is like you said it's they're either like mini arcs or it's like they're just singular stories unto themselves mm-hmm. so it all fits it does, and it's really fun and entertaining, and I love these characters. I really, really love these characters. It's a fine show that, like, you know, I don't think it's going to insult your intelligence. It's not going to be, like, gross you out with anything like that. It's, like, it's a fun show to just, like, watch, get wrapped up in the mysteries, and just chill out and enjoy watching something because that's always fun also has like a super duper both the second open and opening and closing are like phenomenally done yeah there's uh, <laughs> i think there was like at one point near the end of the the second opening where i, was, I texted you was like this is pretty much just kyoto animation showing off <laughs> yeah that, that's it's exactly totally true and like the the second ending as well is just super catchy and just bright and colorful and awesome it's cute it's got like um chitanda is sherlock and um mayaka is basically watson and they're after hotaro and fukube as the villains it's so cute it's so freaking cute Mm -hmm. and it's a good song too oh yeah i agree with that which is funny because it's sung by the um the Japanese voice actresses for Chitanda and Maika. Yep. Both of those. Uh, both the oh. endings are. 
but like, but like we said like earlier like i've seen both dubs at this essentially like i've seen the uh, the japanese dub more because that's the version you know that i've watched since 2013 when i was first introduced to the show and you know they're both fine like if you like if you like just sticking to the traditional japanese you're gonna it's it's gonna be a-okay you're gonna enjoy it if you like the english dubs you're gonna enjoy this one uh the one like big change they make between the japanese and the english is they change chichana's catchphrase in english compared to the japanese mm-hmm. uh, in japanese she's always saying that she, basically i'm curious like there's a japanese phrase for that but i'm blanking on it right now in the english version she's basically just says like i have to know i have to know which i like i have to know better I mean, you could you could probably like translate her "I'm curious" fa- phase phrase <laughs> <laughs> to like to basically what she says in English. So like it's comparable, and maybe and it might like it might have been a little strange in English to just be like yelling out "I'm curious." <laughs> <laughs> so like I I think it kind of works a little bit better, but like I think in both versions it works fine. Like, I don't think it's necessarily, like, a huge change to get, like, upset about or anything. Like, it works in Japanese. It works in English. It gets the point across of what exactly she's feeling and trying to articulate. So it's fine. I agree. I still like it better in English. (laughs) A-okay. So, yeah. um, If you are looking... If you're looking to watch this, uh, I think you can only get it on Funimation right now legally. Yeah. Since they have the license to it, I think you can stream the first like two episodes for free, and then afterwards they're like, "Hey, give us some money, mf'er." Yeah, that's what I did because I didn't have VRV at that point, right. and so I just watched the fir- first two episodes, and I was like, "Ah, oh, crap! I'm gonna have to pay for this now. <laughs> it's really, really good." So then I just bought. Well, I subscribed to VRV, so I have Crunchy and Funimation now, but um. I mean, it was it was a problem. I stayed up really, really late watching this. It was awesome. But you can watch the first few episodes for free. See if you're actually interested in it. Yeah, I mean, giving you the first two episodes, I think, is a good primer. And, like, hey, if you, if you are still interested after the first two episodes, you know, you should probably check out the rest of the series. It if, only gets better. If, you're, if you watch the first two episodes and you're like, I don't think this is for me, like, that's a good cut stopping point. Yeah. So good on you, funny. You did something good. Uh, but it's also available on Blu-ray and DVD as well. You can get both both the parts one and two. And if you want home releases, you can do it that way. Other than that, like, you are... You're SOL. <laughs> because the books aren't translated in English yet. Not saying they are going to be, but they haven't been in the past 16 years. There's also a, uh, a manga, mm-hmm. but that hasn't been translated into English either, so that's also kind of there, but not necessarily available for us, per se. We are S-O-L. Yep. And then also there's a live-action movie coming out, I think, later, or next month in <sighs> Japan. So depending on your your likeness of live-action adaptations of novels slash animes that's there for you if you want i don't think it looks good i mean if there's one good thing about 
know the live action film like it maybe it'll drum up enough popularity that we could get more Hioka. Okay, that's fair, but it still doesn't look good. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not saying that's a, a a way of saying the quality of it. To say there yeah, are, there could be benefits for this. <laughs> the characters don't look like they're supposed to to me. Yeah, I mean that's just a that's a problem in enigmatic of you know just live action adaptations in general. Right, but we talked about it. Like Chitanda doesn't look like a high schooler. She looks like she's like in her mid twenties. Like I look more like a high schooler than Chitanda does. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the novels real quick. The books. The books. The source material. Yay! So, spoiler: if you have not read volume five and six, which they are translated, you can find on the internet if you look them up. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to to go track those down, which I mean they hadn't been for a long time. So like finding out that they were was kind of like shocking to me because because like I said like they when I first was reading or excuse me watching Hyoka like four years ago, like Volume Five had been out because it came out in 2010, but no one had basically translated it. I think some people had like tried to but hadn't got very far, so it was just kind of like, well, you can read bits and pieces of it, but that's obviously not the whole story, so it's maybe not really worth it at this time, but now all six volumes have been translated, so that's pretty cool. It's nice. And of course, like, if, you know, technically, these translations are, you know, it's a gray area of legality, so if you want to support the author and Hyoka in general, and you like the books... You could go buy them somewhere, probably. <laughs> They're probably on Amazon Japan, which I think is a lot easier to buy stuff from now than it used to be. So if you want to do that, you can totally do that as well. But there are six volumes, as we've been saying, as they started off in 2001 with Hyoka, and then volume two, Gusha no Endroll, closing credits of The Fool, which I think is like the, the movie arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, volume three, Kudrakavya, the the K word that they talk about in the the series. <laughs> it's the the K word sequence. Kudra Kudravka, no Junban, the order of it's, Kudravka. It's Russian. Yeah. It's essentially um one of the names of like uh the the Russian dog who gets into space and died. R I P. That was a terrible dog cow, by the way. That was a really bad Thank one. Thank you. I was, I was going to let it go, <laughs> but then you brought it up. It was really bad. Thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, volume four is Totomari Suruhina, the Hina doll that took a detour, which is basically the latter half of the second half of the season. Uh, part five, or volume five, Futari no Kirei no Gaisen, the approximation of the distance of two, which is new material. And then volume six, Imasara Subasa to Irateme, or Irare Temo, even though I'm told I now have wings. Oh. Which that has some sad connotations to it. Yeah, it does. You know, I didn't even realize it before I mentioned spoilers. So we didn't even talk about how, like, I really just want Hotaro and Chitanda to, like, kiss. (laughs) 
I want them to realize they both like each other. I feel like that's basically how most people come out of the show feeling. Yeah. I mean, because Fugabe and Mayaka are confirmed. Like, that's happening. Yeah. It's happened. But, like, Hotaro, especially after that Living Doll episode. God, that boy was smitten. He was so smitten. Like, you could pretty much just see it on his face. Like, I am immediately in love. And they just don't put... He's good at mysteries, but he's not good at figuring out that he likes this girl. <laughs> Makes me crazy. Just want to push them together and be like, you'll love each other. Come on. Just push their faces together like, smooch. Well, that's pretty much what I texted you. You did. Day. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I clearly have a problem. <laughs> so let's talk about Volume 5 first, because obviously that's chronologically the first one correct that has not been adapted into anything which is essentially its own story in and of itself it's not a collection of short stories or anything like that it's the entire book is set in its own story yep so a lot of it takes place during this marathon that the the high school puts on and a lot of it is hotro running quotation marks it <laughs> But also at the same time trying to figure out the mystery of why the new first year first year club member of the classic literature club has decided to quit. And yep. to figure this out, you have to go through not only like the present and Hotro logically trying to figure out okay what happened, what's happened in the past few days, but also you get these various flashbacks of like, okay, here's when they meet this new character. At the the club festival rally doohickey where all the clubs come out and yell at you. Yeah, they they bully young young impressionable minds into joining their clubs. It's basically what they do. Yeah, it's it for Hotaro. Except for he's just like sitting there, like, "Yep, I'm here. I'm very close to Shonda. Oh God, help!" Yeah, he's like, "We're really cramped in this in this booth here." She's like, "Really? Are we?" <laughs> Like, oh my god, you guys. Oh. Um, but that was their introduction to her and Hotaro and Chitanda are like trying to solve a mystery of the recruitment festival. Mm -hmm. And um, the new girl whose name escapes me is like listening in the whole time and she's like, I like you guys. I want to join this club. So that was like your first introduction flashback of like, oh, okay, this is the girl who we're going to be talking about. Right. Mm. I'm looking up the name of that character. I will never remember it. Or at least trying to. I don't think this page on the wiki has it. Nice. Nice, yeah. I don't think this page on this part part of the wiki has it either. Nice. <laughs> Villain. She's Real just the first good. year. We'll call her the first year. No, we're going to get a name. Gosh darn oh my it. God. Uh, she's, she's the first year. Tomoko Ohuinata. Okay. Tomoko. There you go. Oh, Ohinata. Cause, oh, uh, that's right. Because Mayaka calls her Hina. Of, yeah, Hina. I, I was thinking that it was a mix between Asahina and um, Hajime. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, so she's, she's our new character, and she... Was going to join the classic literature club. 
Yeah, it's like she basically joins it on a provincial basis. Like she hasn't joined officially. Mm-hmm. But she's kind of joined to like kind of see like, oh, here's what the club does, everything, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. But the main thing we know, you know, past that first flashback is that something happened the day prior and she left. And Hotaro wasn't paying attention because he was reading a book. Like usual. Yep. And Chitanda was there and she was talking to the new girl. And then something went wrong, and then she was leaving, and she seemed upset, and she ran into Mayaka, and there was a miscommunication as to what was actually said, but Mm -hmm. um, something was said to Mayaka about Chitanda, and so Chitanda blamed herself um, for another reason as to why this girl left, so it was just this really complicated situation of everybody's like, what the heck happened? Right. So you have like Hotaro running throughout the the the, the marathon, running. Uh, yeah, running. Fukube is on a bicycle because he's like a a staff member for this event because he's on like the general committee and they're running it. So he basically just bikes around and makes sure people are okay and not dying or faking they're dying. Yep. Uh, Hotaro's main strategy for this race for this marathon is essentially run slow enough that eventually I will be able to talk to everybody that I need to talk to. <laughs> Yep, so he, his first plan is that Mayaka will come up, and then it'll be Chitanda, and then he'll be so slow that eventually the first year will we'll catch up to him and he can wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he goes through the most ridiculous things to slow himself down. He does. <laughs> um, which I mentioned, I was like, you know, it's funny, he's such an energy saver, but he's putting in a lot of energy on this. <laughs> yeah. Way more energy because- thinking about, like, how to be a fast enough to to know that or to allow people to know you're actually participating but also slow mm-hmm. enough for people to catch up to you but it's funny because like his his motto is that if he doesn't have to do it he won't but if he does have to do it do it quickly and so you'd think that based on that motto he'd like try and get this done as soon as possible but because he's trying to figure out this mystery he's like well, okay, I'm going to go through this entire complicated process of how I'm going to slow myself down but also like that's that's the only way he can do it quickly because it's not like he can go start running backwards because they would probably like like hey why are you running backwards go back the other way no i mean like if he if he had not changed at all from day one he would have just run the marathon and be done with it but but he couldn't because he he had a time limit on himself as well because at the end of the day i think is the last day that uh the club submission forms are due Right, that's what I'm saying, is that if, if it had been day one Hotaro that we first meet, he, would, he wouldn't have cared. But since he's changed a bit through the series, he does care, and he wants to know, like, why did she quit? What, what happened? Right, right, so right. So he right. actually has his own, like, morals here. <laughs> he's following his motto, but in, like, the most convoluted and complicated way possible. <laughs> Which he, he notices a few times throughout the volume five and six. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm following the motto, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this one was, it was very complicated how he was making it work. Yeah. And also you have like all the the, uh, the flashbacks as well mm-hmm. intertwined. So it, it makes it even more complicated. Like you, uh, you get to see them all celebrating Hotro's birthday, even though he's like, 
I'm just going to lounge around all day. Oh, no, there's people here. What? <laughs> I love that his response when he looked out the door was, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> that was the best part. <laughs> it, it was funny, and I still can't get over the fact that they're all older than me. Because, like, when I watch the show, I'm like, oh, they're in high school. So they're much, much younger than me. But then, like, when I was reading through the book and I did the math, I'm like, wait a minute. Hotaru is my brother's age. Hotaru is four years older than me. Yeah, what? It's weird because you, I mean, you have to basically factor in that, like, you know, they were first years in the story in 2001. If you, 2001. If you equate, you know, the year that came out with the year it actually is in the story, so. Well, it is. They because, would be older. Um, or, yeah. She, she talks about in the Valentine's episode, or not a Valentine's episode, but in the book on Valentine's Day, she actually mentions the specific dates on when she's, like, what year it is when she's going to make him fall in love with her and give an answer. <laughs> um, so, yeah, 2001 is the date she gives. Plus, it makes more sense that, like, there's a, there's a long-running joke of, like, oh, Hotaro and Chitana just don't have cell phones. Yeah. Which is crazy. But, but again, like, when I was watching the anime, you know, my mindset was just like, oh, they're in high school. But when you actually go through the, the logistics of it there... They're older than me. Yeah. Alrighty then. But uh, yeah, he wasn't going to celebrate his birthday and then he had to. But then at the same time, he was trying to like cover up that Chitana had ever been to his house. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which was cute. Um, Also, there's a lucky cat light switch that he has (laughs) that I really, really want. Like that's the coolest thing in the world. I don't know how it works, but I want it. It seemed very complicated. It did because like his sister rigged it up essentially, but I don't know how it worked. It had to be something like wireless, like a, a clapper or something. Well, it sounds like it was like an infrared thing, like a remote control. So, oh, true, true, true. Anyway, it's fascinating, and I want one. <laughs> but yeah, like this volume, I thought it was really interesting. By the time you you reach the end, because you basically come to the conclusion that like. You know, this isn't something that he can necessarily fix. Like it was a, mm-hmm. it was a huge misunderstanding. All it was for the most part, but it's not something that he can just, you know, logic everything out and understand it. And all right, I know what to do now. It's like no, like this isn't going to work itself out in the way that you usually think it will. Like, like she's she's still not going to join. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, even through all the logic, he wasn't able to yeah. change her mind. Like, maybe she'll be cool with everyone, like, sometime down the road. But, like, as of now, like, things are still going to be a little bit strained. And yep. even though you worked this hard to to get to the conclusion you wanted, you know, the answer ne- ne- necessarily isn't going to be the one you want. I thought that was really interesting because even though we had the movie arc where Hotaro got it wrong, but it still kind of worked out. Mm-hmm. This is the one where Hotaro got it right, but it didn't work out. Yeah. Um, so it shows that, like, even though Hotaro is really good at this, he's not infallible and he's not perfect because he can't make everything right. And I think this one works a lot better in terms of his, like, development and growth of that character than the the movie arc does. Because, like, the movie arc, it's like, okay, you know, we're showing you that, like, hey, this character isn't perfect. He's not going to necessarily get everything right all the time because, you know, like we were saying earlier, like, that would just be boring. Right. But with this, it's like, you know, hey, you can you can logically s- suss out anything and get it right. And, you know, 
sometimes like it's going to lead to something that's good and it's going to be the answer you want. But other times you can figure everything out, but the truth is not going to be what you want. You're not going to be able to fix that truth. And you know, not every answer is going to be a positive one. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like there's a quote that is something effective, like you can you can do everything right and things will still go wrong. Yeah. And it's kind of the same situation here. Um, I mean, it's not like it's a horrible, horrific thing that occurs at the end. Right. But it's still not like the conclusion you think is going to happen because you're reading through it and you're like, oh, Hotaro will figure it out and it'll get fixed and she'll join. But that's not what happens. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. It also um, was a really good lead up to the last part of volume six, in my opinion. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. So volume six is another collection of like various short stories. So like there's there's not necessarily like a specific time and place that all of them are set in. Like there some of them might be set after. I think there's a few that are set after the events of volume five. There are some that are also before it, and some that maybe like the time is not necessarily discerned per se. Yeah. But I thought like, but I thought like the um, the variety of stories in that were very like they were interesting at least like, you know they were little short mysteries in and of themselves in and of themselves, but I thought they did like their job in a fine way. Yeah, like the mystery of how you can fit a paperback book in a pocket. I was very mesmerized by the fact that Hotaro was able to fit a paperback book into his own pocket. It doesn't make sense. How do you fit a paperback into a pocket? I mean, we got us us fellas have some big pockets, and a lot of times multiple pockets. His wallet in one of the pants. So, like, how could you not fit your wallet in one pair of your pants, but you can fit a book in another pair of your pants? I mean, if you look at the anime, like a lot of the books he's reading are like kind of small. Yeah. So like that probably helps as well. It's but not like it's not like a huge full too. length, you know, paperback that he's like just shoving into his pants, <laughs> <laughs> ripping pages out so it'll fit. But still, like I said, other pairs of pants he can't fit his wallet in. So maybe he's got a big old wallet. No, he doesn't. We've seen his wallet. <laughs> maybe he got a new big old wallet. Oh my goodness. Um, so that was the thing that was shocking for me was that he could fit a paperback in his pocket. But um, this is also the volume where I find out why Mayaka quit the manga studies club or research club. Yeah, because it's, it's hinted at in volume five, like Chitanda mentions it. She's like, yeah, Mayaka left the, the manga club. Uh, she felt it was the right decision for her to make because, you know... I agree with her. Things weren't bad, blah, 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 blah. But this basically delves into the nitty-gritty of what exactly happened that led her to leaving the manga club, which, which to be fair, like, the manga club was getting to a point where it was real bad. It was toxic. Yeah. Because it was basically just, like, two factions that had splintered off and were... Essentially coexisting within the same space, but only in that physical space. But they just did not get along at all. Yeah. Um. So this started in the cultural, right? In the cultural festival where they end up getting the arguments with the the one girl that kind of sucks that draws cat in the boots. 
Yeah, like you can there I mean you could tell like something had been happening prior to this like leading up to all that. But like then the culture festival they were very snippy and then there's the incident where the girl like it's like oh I'm going to flick some dirty water on you. <laughs> and then like trips over a dude and just dumps this entire vat of dirty water onto Mayaka and that basically is the the big trigger the trigger that leads to the the huge split which is interesting because Mayak is like yeah it wasn't that big of a deal um and like she even mentioned in the cultural festival episode um and the book that she's like yeah i'm just changing into my tracksuit uh it was an accident <laughs> yeah but everyone so, else like, like she, around it just like took it as like oh this is, into a big deal. this is the battle lines have been drawn yeah but this arc made me sad yeah like eventually like essentially it's you know the the the, the people in the club that like to draw which Mayaka's loosely associated with essentially and then people who just like to read manga and the the people who want to draw are like basically thrusting this idea of let's make our own manga and not tell the other side onto Mayaka like yeah you can uh, take club money yeah and they're like oh yeah you can you can draw this and do all this right how, how many pages can you do this by like how how quickly can you, quickly can you do this and she's like uh, uh what friday friday and this leads to this whole thing where, like, there's this new this new character is coming in to try and, like, usurp the, the former president and basically gets that role. And just is like, yeah, we're basically just going to splinter off and disband this club and make two different clubs, essentially. But also, we're going to make you guys do this manga and just sit back and watch and whether it fails or succeeds, whatever. But also, I mean, it, essentially, whether it failed or succeeded, there was gonna be two clubs, right, no yeah. matter what happened. Um, one thing that I really liked about this arc, though, was um, the interactions with Fukube and uh, Mayaka after her notebook gets stolen, mm-hmm. because he's like a plus supportive boyfriend in that one. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know if he's a boyfriend at this point. I feel it like it's it's probably like break. around that time that they're they're they probably just like started dating by that yeah because he, he like feels really terrible because it it was sort of his fault in a way that the notebook went missing mm-hmm. but he was like giving her all kinds of advice and then like that chapter section ends and he's like man if only Hotaro were here like I, I really want him to be here and she's like I don't like I'm happy with what I got and I was like oh because <laughs> <laughs> I mean even though he was like giving advice he was being really intense emotional support and there's no way Hotoro would have done that no let's be real so it, it was it was really meaningful to me in terms of like their relationship to see like he was trying very very hard and even then he's like man I'm not good enough like I want Hotoro to be here and she's like nope you're perfect I'm glad you were here yeah. <laughs> it was cute but essentially it just leads to like this culmination where like the the one character that from the culture festival that she was getting into like the arguments with like calls her out inadvertently through like this other party and like Maika reaches the cafe and sees her and like basically just like stops in her track she's like oh f-. yep but the weird thing is is like the uh, the character that she'd been getting into the arguments with that kind of set everything off was like you need to quit the manga club. What are you doing? You are wasting your time there. You are wasting your talents there. They are taking advantage of you. Nothing... If you do this manga for them, nothing's going to change. It's not going to save the club. 
They are literally just being like, hey, she she can draw. She she's she can do all this stuff. We'll just thrust all this onto her and have her do all the work and we'll take like all the credit for it. And she's like, you there's no reason for you to be there. Like that environment's toxic. That club's going to disband into like separate groups anyways. You are literally wasting your time by associating with those people. But then the thing that really, really bothers me about how this wrapped up is that this girl also essentially takes advantage of Mayaka because she's like, yeah, look, I got the issue of the manga thing that you keep entering and look, you didn't win. So that means that you're not good enough. Do you want to team up with me now? And I'm like, wow. I mean, I don't necessarily think it's a way to be like, hey, you're not good enough. Because, I mean, she basically is, like, at the end there as well, like, look, if we team up, we can help each other. We can, you know, we can help our weaknesses. We can also help our strengths. We could become, like, a good duo together. Which, grand, like, is basically kind of blackmailing her into it. I'm not going to, yep. you know, don't get me wrong. But I think, like, there are somewhat good intentions there. I don't know. I mean, the way that she pulled the book out and was like, I already read it. I know what happened. And, like. Micah gets really, really excited because of that, and then she goes there and sees that she didn't win. I feel like that was really taking advantage of her emotions. Yeah, that was uh, not that's okay. fair. And so she used her emotions against her to make her accept the offer. But at the same time, I think, like, you know, Micah has seen, like, what this girl can do in terms of manga. Mm-hmm. And knows yeah, because it's and, her second favorite manga. Yeah, and knows that she's good. But, like, so, like, hey, if I'm able to work with this person... For, you know, albeit probably a brief period of time. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. Like, it will probably help me in the long run. Like, sometimes you have to make, like, those types of, you know, not necessarily the best business decisions, but it might necessarily help you later on down the road if you take this bullet now. I could see that. I just felt like it was really crappy on that girl's part. Yeah, like, it, she, it's totally really, really, really bad. Really like, took advantage of her. That girl isn't, isn't nice. No, she is not a nice girl. Like, and then she basically, you know, plotted this whole thing anyways, like of getting the notebook stolen, plotting the dissension of the manga club entirely. Like, there were a lot of ulterior motives here. She's a mastermind. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I I completely see where you're coming from on this. So. Yeah, it, it was it was gross, and she's not a nice person. So. But the good thing is, Mike is out of the manga club. <laughs> Yeah, which, again, was super-duper toxic. And then I, I think it was afterwards that we got that really cute one where um, Hotaro goes and helps Chitanda clean. Mm-hmm. Was it after that, the manga uh, arc? It was in the same volume. Yes, it was. I just don't remember where, but um, that one was super cute because there's this one part in there, which I was mentioning earlier, I just want to smush their heads together and make them realize they're in love with each other. Um, they're looking at pictures of him and Chitanda from the, the doll festival. And they find this picture where like his eyes are kind of like glazed over and his mouth is open. They're like, Oh, you yawned in the middle of the picture. That's unfortunate. He's like, that's not a yawn. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Oh my God, he sees his face. He knows. (laughs) But, um, it was embarrassing for him. Yes. There was also the, uh, the story of, that was also from Micah's point of view, where she's investigating, like, why her junior high class or middle school class basically hated Hotaro at the end. Yeah. Basically, just because, like, he supposedly 
didn't do the work on the, like this big mirror project that their class was doing as like a send off for the class and whatever. But it turns out like he basically kind of messed up like the the girl who was who drew it out did the design for its plan of like of saying like this nasty thing about this other girl in the class and Hotoro kind of found out about it and basically undermined the entire operation and made it so like it said like we all hate the designer's name instead so I thought that was like real interesting especially because like at one point <laughs> Mike is like someone tells her like oh I think that was Hotoro's girlfriend like the, the girl that was being bullied or whatever so yeah, that was interesting but yeah, like the um the manga episode happens. Uh, the other one in this volume is like the uh, the council elections one, where like all the the fake votes got in there. Oh right, right, right. And then the the helicopter one that's in the anime is in here as well. Um, we also get the backstory on his um on his motto. Yes, that too. In that, the cleaning one. That's in the cleaning one. Poor young Hotro, who was all gung ho. <laughs> I felt so bad because, like, you realize that Hotoro actually was really willing to help everybody at one point in his life. And he was just like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. I'll do this. I'll do whatever you want. And then people took advantage of him. And so he eventually was like, no, I'm not doing anything anymore. I'm I don't have done. to. I'm I was like, oh, my God. Somebody ruined this poor elementary school kid's life. He just becomes so cynical in, in elementary school. <laughs> like, God. Oh, I know. Because of gardening. And then uh, his sister was like, well, you, you know, you're cynical now and you just need to get vacation. And then like the quote at the end of that, I was like, <gasps> literally, that was my reaction. I I feel like that was probably my reaction too. the quote is because she says like, oh, yeah, just go just you need to go take a holiday. But like the end of the quote is, I'm sure someone will end your holiday for you. Yep. And this is after he's been cleaning with Chitanda. Mm hmm by the way. <laughs> but then comes the final episode or story of volume six. Which hurt my heart. Which you can like, if like very early on, it's like setting this tone of like, oh, something bad's going to happen here. Like this yeah. isn't going to end well. Um, Cause it starts from Chitanda's point of view. Yeah. Like she's, she's basically practicing for this recital and then her dad calls her in and then immediately it switches back to Hotro. Yep. And you don't figure really figure out what's happening. You see, like you hear, like Mike is telling a story about coffee and sugar and all that jazz, and Chitanda's reading this book that Hotro kind of looks at but doesn't really pay attention to, but also just kind of notices that she's very out of it and not really paying attention, which is, he feels is kind of strange for her. Mm-hmm. And then you, and then basically, it's like, oh, here's the day of the music recital that Chitanda's in. Everything's going fine, blah blah blah, and then Mike calls Hotro, which he he's he's like very like strange out about, and she's like, "Oh hey, Chitanda's missing. Like we have no idea where she is. Like no one's seen her. She hasn't shown up. Do you have any idea she where she could be?" Doesn't have a cell phone, which again is mentioned. Yeah. So like no one can find her. No one can get a hold of her. And like it's still like a few hours before the the recital goes on, so like there's still time to find her. But people are panicking, or at least getting to that point of panicking. Yep. So Hotoro goes down to like this uh, like career center, 
just the place where the recital is. I forget what the actual name of it was It's called. the Cultural Center. Yeah, sorry, Cultural Center. You're right. Uh, he meets up with Maika. They kind of talk to they talk and try and come up with a game plan. They they go to like the waiting room where like the the group's supposed to be at. They uh they meet this like old lady who's sitting in there. Uh, and then like the director of the group as well is kind of running back and forth, freaking out. And essentially, they have to come up with a plan. They have to kind of figure out, okay, where could she be? Where could she have gone? Where could she be? Like the old lady's like, oh yeah, I rode with her. And we got here. Wait another hour. Just wait another hour. We got here. We got off the bus. We came in. I I was getting ready. And then, whoops, she's gone. So Otro and Maika basically go off and like kind of walk around the, the, the entire building. And see it. Just try and see if like they can find anyone that looks like her. And basically, they, all fa- they both fail. They meet back up. They get uh, uh, Fukube because he's still at the school and he's like hey i haven't seen her here either she's not here and hotro was like hey go to the bus stop give me a pamphlet of all the bus lines and them like a map and stuff like that and meet us over here in like 15 minutes let's say which this was awesome i was so proud of him because he's like yeah there's no way he's gonna make it in 15 minutes because it would take him 15 minutes to get from the school and blah 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 and then like later on he's like 14 minutes later, Fukube's here, and he's just, like, sweaty mess. Which is funny, because as well, because he's like, he's like, hey, Hotoro tells Mike, he's like, make sure you tell him to be careful and not just, like, speed over here. Yeah. <laughs> Which he just completely ignores, and it's like, hey, 14 minutes later, I'm here, what's up? Well, I've got to go, i got to go play Shogi with this nephew of mine that I don't like to lose to. It was cute. So basically, Hotoro gets the map and, like, studies it, and is like, okay, well... This is evidence. And eventually he just goes back to the old lady and is like, you're lying about this. You never showed How up rude. with her. She was so mad at him at first because she <laughs> thought he was a rude boy. Rude boy. But then he kind of like lays out what, what he thinks happened and she's like, yeah, okay. She was on the bus and then she like looked like she was about to blow chunks or something. I don't know. Her face got really pale. Her face got real pale, and, and then she just hit the button to get off the bus and was like, peace out, I'm out, later. <laughs> and then, and then um, the old lady's like, oh, yeah, you know, she's a family friend of ours. It, no, they're actually family. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, my phrase still works. Okay. <laughs> she's family of theirs, um, and like, oh, we, I have the storehouse on my property, that you, she used to go to any time like she was kind of feeling down or something or she just needed to get away from everyone. And she's like, okay, if you go take this bus here, take it this route, and stop at this stop, you'll basically see it on the right side of the road, and that's where you need to go. So he's basically like, okay, I'm going to go do that. <laughs> it's funny because like, he gets outside and like there's a bus just waiting for him, and he's like, this is fake, right? Like, <laughs> This doesn't <laughs> this happen. <laughs> It's going to go the wrong direction, yeah. isn't it? And then he looks at the sign and says it's going the way he wants to go. And he's like, all right, I'm getting on. And he's all right. Like, Sounds like I'm talking to the bus, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting on this one. It was funny. He was really, really shocked that it was there. Yeah. So he gets on the bus and basically rides it to the stop he needs to go, which he kind of freaks out at one point because he's like, this isn't going the way it's supposed to be going. Where are you going? <laughs> but it's basically it, it reaches the same destination. He's also like, I can't look at my watch. If I look at my watch, I'll freak out about time. Can't do it. Also, I'm getting car sick. 
help. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hotaro gets car sick all the time. Because of his lack of energy. Yep. So he finally reaches the uh, the stop he needs to, and he's like, okay, where's where's this at? I don't I don't know where it's at. Can't see it. Okay, I found it. Oh, no, it's raining. It started raining. But eventually he's able to weave his way around the property and find the storehouse he needs. All the while, it's now basically pouring rain. You didn't mention that he has his own car sick song that he comes up oh, with, yeah. which is hilarious. He's like, oh, yeah, I've heard that a lot of the, the reason for car sickness is, like, mental, so... I'm going to sing this song in my head to battle the mentalness of having to be car sick. It was so funny. But yeah, it's pouring down rain. He finds a shed. So he finds a shed and he hears like singing coming from it. Mm-hmm. And he's basically like, okay, I at least know she's here. Cause that's gotta be her. So he kind of like knocks on the door and is like, Donna, are you there? And she's like, and, he, and she's like, stop singing. And he's like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> and that basically kind of sets up for the the end of the the story where he lays out like, okay, here's why I think you you decided to bail and not show up, because like he he mentions like earlier they get like a pamphlet of like oh here's the song they're singing here's the part that Jatanda is supposed to solo, and it's all about like embracing like a form of freedom essentially mm-hmm. and he's basically kind of concluded that like oh yeah i remember now that i saw you reading this career pamphlet in the 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 club room and i was like that's strange why would she be reading a career pamphlet when she's already she was the first of all of us who was like oh yeah i know what i'm going to be doing with the rest of my life i'm going to be taking over our our business our property and that's essentially what I'm going to transition to after I'm done with school. Yep. And essentially he's kind of piecing everything together. Like, okay, she's ran away. She's had this career pamphlet. Uh, she has this song. She has a solo where it's basically talking about having freedom. You don't have to inherit the the family business anymore, do you? And that's basically he figures it all out. And she's like, yeah. And like, it's, it's basically it's like, you finally see Chitanda like kind of like break down in a way that you don't ever see throughout like the entirety of, of the, the series thus far. Cause like, it's just like her entire world is just like shattered around her and she literally has no idea what to do. Yeah. And actually, um, it, it's a very minor thing, but one thing that I really appreciate about this story is that Hotaro knows that she has to do this solo and he knows that he's on a time crunch for getting her back. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't ask her, like, okay, come on, you have to go. He says, like, do you think you can do it? Um, yeah, he, he, so, I mean, he's, he's giving her an option. Yeah, he gives her the choice of, like, hey, if you go, we can, we have time, we can make it. If you don't want to go, I'm not going to force you. Yeah, which I thought was really stand up of Hotaro. Like, mm-hmm. that, that was legit. And yeah. I, I don't know that, like, earlier Hotaro would have done any of this. Right. He probably would have been like, okay, I'm staying home. That's weird. Anyways, later. So, um, it, it shows for one that he is really starting to care about Chitanda. Mm-hmm. Um, two, he's grown as a person because he's, you know, putting a lot more effort into considering like what somebody else is going to feel and what somebody else is going to think. Um, cause he, he realized that she's feeling pressured, so he doesn't want to further pressuring her by saying like, all right, come on, you have to go. Right. He's like, 
I mean, I think like even like this, like the last few lines of the story that just kind of sums it up pretty greatly, just like how his his worldview is. Which I will I will read a selection of the end of the story for you. <clears throat> uh, basically, Chitanda, like the last thing she says is basically the title of the story. She says, "Even though I'm told I now have wings, what am I supposed to do?" And with that, the storehouse became silent. As I thought of the burden that Chitanda has carried thus far, and of the burden that she was told she no longer had to carry, I suddenly felt like I wanted to hit something with everything I had. I felt like I wanted to smash it, to injure my own hand and draw blood. I looked at my watch. 5.06. In less than four minutes, the bus bound for the cultural center would arrive. I had said everything I needed to say, and done everything I needed to do. The rest, no matter how much it paid me, was for Chitanda to sort out. Becoming neither any fiercer nor any gentler, the rain continued to fall. The sound of singing couldn't be heard from within the storehouse. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts. The pain. And of course, that's the last story of the last volume that's been out. So, like, it leaves you on this, like, little cliffhanger. And you're just like, but I need more. Right. That that was my struggle. So I'm like, oh, no, I need more of this. What is going to happen? But, of course, we got no more. Well, technically. Yeah. We do have a book coming out this week, this Friday. This Friday. So check to mm-hmm. make sure the 13th is actually the 13th. Which it would be... Spooky yesterday. Friday the 13th! Would it be yesterday? It is. Yeah, man, it happened yesterday. <laughs> totally. Uh, there's a magazine book coming out that's kind of like a, a history of Hyoka. Um, it has like a bunch of like articles lectures various materials from the author this little like here's a look at the bookshelves of the four club members and then also there is a new story that's going to be involved in it called tiger and the crab or the murder of hotaro oriki which doesn't give you any indication of like hey when's this story take place because it could take place at any time let's be real yeah, it could so yeah but like hey uh, i mean at least something new's coming out li- literally like relatively soon yeah, it'll just take a while for it to be translated. Yeah, so, like, that's that's the only downside, but also, like, you know, it's just one story, so who knows yeah. how much longer it will be between this, between Volume 6 and Volume 7, because, well, let's just say the way between Volume 5 and Volume 6 was six years. I don't think it's quite a Game of Thrones level, though. True. <laughs> So there is that. <laughs> they just want to hurt me. You just want to hurt me. You get me in things that I really, really like, and then I'm like, there's no more. Now what do I do? I just, I like to have people suffer with me. Yeah, okay. That's what I'm here for. I understand that. I really understand that, actually. <laughs> I made you a list of various animes that I thought like might be good for you. Like, literally, what was like a couple nights ago. By the yeah. time I'm recording this, like I, I, I was going to bed and then I woke up and I was like, I should just do this now. So like I spent from like two in the morning to like three, three thirty in the morning making a list. <laughs> Cause that's what you do. That's what you do before you go to class in the next morning. Yeah, yeah. Cause it, it was the it was the day that I had actually accidentally taken the wrong medicine, so I was a little loopy. Yeah. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> we were we were making good decisions that night. Clearly. Yeah. I mean, when your bottles all look the same, it gets complicated real quick. <laughs> and then I don't know about you. You just sometimes make poor life choices, and that's okay. That's I appreciate true. the list. 
<laughs> I'm excited about it, but there's no more of this for yeah. right now. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the real bummer, but... But for the most part, it's wonderful, and A-plus, right. and can recommend, and it made me a lot happier after last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. It's very fun, very fun. Go watch it. Go, go. Or read it. Go watch. Go do both. Yeah, go do both. Highly recommended on both fronts. CC. Not like the dog, just C. Yes. CC Lemon. No, CC the dog like from the Code Realize. Oh. Yeah. Get yourself a robotic leg and a top hat. And, and a bow tie. <laughs> and a little heart oh birthmark on your butt. Oh, boy. I think that's going to wrap up our episode. I think so. This, um, this episode went longer than I was expecting. It's because we have a lot to say about this. We do. Huh, for more from us, though, you can go to seasonalamycheckup.com or sac.cool for past episodes of this very podcast and other podcasts, like the Seasonal Amy Checkup mainline podcast, which there's a new episode of that out. And there's also new episodes weekly of Jared and Al watch Sailor Moon Crystal. I almost called it Seasonal Moon Crystal, which that that's not <laughs> correct at all. Nope. Those go up Wednesdays at 3 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. If you're looking for those, and they're on the Seasonal Amy Checkup OVA feed as well. And you can also find columns and reviews on the site. You can find Anladium at anladium.com. Yes, you can. Where you can find all her cool columns and reviews. Like her, her latest piece, the Danganronpa V3 review. If you haven't read that, you should go check that out. Be wary of spoilers in there. Yeah, the first paragraph is spoiler free. <laughs> That's it. Yep. It's uh, true. You can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com/slash/anime-checkup. It's where you can keep up with us on Twitter. Follow us, reply to us, twisted us, all that good hot Twitter stuff. Because everyone loves twitter.com. It's totally not mm-hmm. a garbage fire of a website. You can uh, support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash S-A-C-O-V-A, if you are so inclined to do so. And next week will be something. I, I don't know yet. I don't know. I have no idea. It's it, We talked about this last week, but it's, like, it's just a weird time because games we are going to talk about are releasing in a weird way that doesn't match up with this podcast and like the way that we'd want so it makes it a little bit tricky Mike could do a grab bag we could I'm, I was kind of leaning towards that of like because we are both playing different games that we might be able to talk about by next week so mm-hmm. one good one that's a possibility that's a possibility or we'll think of something else entirely we'll just talk about Loki the entire podcast I, I'm okay instead with of that. Conversations about anime, manga, and video games. It'll be conversations about, about Loki. I'm okay with that. Bring him on yeah. the podcast. All right, Loki. You're going to be on the podcast next week. He won't make any noise, but he'll just be like, hmm. Yeah, he doesn't He doesn't ever talk. He just looks at you like a real funky and then hits you. Or bites. Or bites. Or goes beats up Max. <laughs> so mean. He is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, look forward to whatever we, we end up doing next week uh, as well. And until then, go watch Hioka, go read Hioka, go enjoy Hioka. Do it.
be curious. I have to know.